What's poppin', my Freeform Renegades? You are tuned into the Freeform Network. Thanks for joining us for another fun episode of Freeform Radio. I'm your host, Noel, with my co-host, Daniel. Yes, sir. Powering through this, man. The sickness is going around that disturbed the sickness, but it's not really <laughs> disturbed. It's just the sickness. Uh, yeah, man, it's going around claiming everybody, man. But thankfully, uh, people don't look too ill, and we're going to power through this bad boy. Most definitely, man. Yeah, I'm feeling under the under the weather today. You can hear about my voice, but you know I'm gonna power through. Uh, unfortunately, Andy is also sick, so he's gonna be out on this one. But you know, it is a nice day here in Chicago. 40 degree weather. You know, got to be happy that it's not below that. So wherever your listeners are, we hope you're relaxed and feeling good. And we're gonna jump right into this one, uh, starting with Daniel. Uh, let me see here. So you you've been watching the Fantastic Four, the 2005 version. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never seen it before. I I must have seen like the first few minutes, but never really jumped into the whole thing. But yeah, uh, just recently watched uh, the 2005 version, which is like the first like true like Marvel movie studio or amongst the first ones that came out that had the, the Marvel banner. And man, I gotta say it wasn't too bad. I I kind of always heard that it wasn't the greatest, uh, didn't really get Marvel going in a huge way. I, I think they attribute that to like Iron Man. That's when it really started taking off where the, the MCUs like started gaining steam and, and people really started digging it uh, along with the Spider-Man movies. But yeah, the the Fantastic Four doesn't get too, min- too much credit, but not too bad of a movie, man. H- have you ever watched it? Uh, I think I did watch it maybe like once or twice, but it's been so long. It's been like, yeah, at least about almost 20 years since it came out. So. Since it came out, right. That's the one with uh, Jessica Alba, right? Yeah, yeah. Man, whatever happened to that girl, man? I, I don't even see her at all anymore. I don't know if she's like uh, into some weird, like, you know, Scientology. She's in a closet somewhere. Or, or what the hell's going on with her? I haven't seen her in like forever. So God knows what she's doing. Yeah, I don't know either, man. I remember there was a time where she was like gaining a lot of popularity. Right. And uh, she was in that TV show. Was it called Dark Angel or something like that? Yeah, she she was like the it actress that was like a newcomer. She was pretty, and she she seemed how to act a little bit at least. And she was out there, man. And and it seems like at least for like the last 15 years she's been gone but anyways yeah yeah she's in this movie uh she plays it well or good enough um uh professor reed uh as far as the the stretching mr fantastic the thing and then uh johnny um human torch chris evans you know yeah, yeah, that's the other weird part is that he ends up going to play uh, Captain America in the future. So it's almost like they kind of disregarded the Fantastic Four. They're like, that's not part of our timeline anymore. And he goes on to play uh, Captain America. And it is kind of weird seeing this movie in that light, knowing that he's going to be the future Captain America, which he plays it very well and is iconic for that character. Um, but I think he plays Johnny, uh, the human torch very well as well. You know, kind of like a rambunctious kid. That's kind of, uh, young adventurous and he's kind of out there. I think he plays it well there too. And yeah, it's kind of funky to to see that that's going to be the future Captain America in the MCU universe. But yeah, man, uh, fantastic four good movie not a great movie um it's it's kind of difficult with these intro movies i was thinking about it while i was watching it i'm like you have to introduce all these characters so you have to presume the audience doesn't know anything about them so you got to give them their origin uh unless you kind of like hurry it up you got to develop it and you got to develop the characters show them a little of their human side show them a little of now they're being mutants or or whatever transformation they go through so it's it's tough for a movie to begin with but when you have four characters plus the bad guy that you have to kind of show all these little stories it it makes it even more difficult where the pacing of the movie almost seems like it's kind of rushed and there's not a lot of substantial meat to it the whole thing is kind of rushed uh, I know you mentioned it's been a while since you watched this. So you probably don't remember. 
a lot of the details of the movie, but that's how I kind of felt after watching it. You know, surprisingly, while I don't remember a lot of details, there are parts that stick out to me, uh, like the the doctor, uh, Doctor Doom, when he becomes Doctor Doom and all that. Right. That I remember that part, and y- yeah, though I do get what you what you mean. I do remember enough about it being like rushed a little bit, and that's kind of how origin stories are. And I'm sure if they had a trilogy, it would have been so much better. But it was just this one and done. I think. Yeah, I think the only other ones that I'm aware of, Fantastic Four, there's one after it, the Silver Surfer or something like that, like Riding Silver Surfer. And then there was one that was before this that totally has like that 80s vibe, old movie, Fantastic Four. Those are probably like the three most popular Fantastic Four movies. Uh, But yeah, I've never seen uh, the Silver Surfer. I didn't even see this one before, the 2005. First time watching it. It was okay. It was okay. It was it was bearable, kind of like when I watched. Uh, I mentioned before the uh, Ghost Rider for the first time. That one wasn't too bad either, uh, even though it is kind of an older uh, superhero movie, but not not bad, not bad at all. Um, something else that I watched that was pretty good was um, I watched that Sly documentary on Netflix. Uh, have you even seen or heard this, Noel? Uh, so on Instagram, I do follow Sylvester Stallone, and okay. I've seen mention of it, but I, I haven't watched it now. Okay. Yeah, man, this slight documentary, it basically just goes into his coming up um, as a young actor, um, and, and just his kind of, you know, kind of biography sort of movie. They had one where Arnold Schwarzenegger also on Netflix, which I also watched, and I'll probably talk about some other time, but this Sly one... Uh, not too bad, man. Uh, it shows how a lot of casting agents didn't really like him because he had like this um, lazy lip or something, you know, where uh, I don't quite remember if he mentions why other than he got injured on that side of his face from something. I think his dad hit him or, or something. Like and so nerve he, damage, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like some nerve damage. So that lip doesn't really raise up with the rest of it. So a lot of casting agents, they're like, nah, this guy's a buffoon. He looks like a dummy, uh, you know, kind of looks slowish, um, which he ends up playing up on the Rocky movie, which wasn't was one of his first breaks because he wrote it. He started shopping around and, and some people started digging it. But the only way that he would sell it is if he played the main actor, which gave him his his first huge break with a good character. Um, but he played a lot of other characters as well you know the documentary kind of goes into some of the other roles that he played and i just wasn't aware of it i thought this was like his first role was rocky but very cool goes into a lot of uh of course his mainstay movies um and uh a lot of his uh you know smaller roles as well and showing how he took some risks trying to get away from action movies it kind of crosses over into the Arnold documentary uh, because they're both made by Netflix and the Arnold uh, showing kind of like a rivalry, kind of friendly rivalry that he, they had with each other to make the best action movie. But really cool, man. Really cool act, uh, documentary goes into his family a little bit with his wife and uh, all his daughters. And um, yeah, man. I, I, I kind of dug it. I don't know if you really like documentaries or even like uh, sly movies to begin with. You know, I like them when they're done right. And I do know, a, you know, not a lot, a lot about them, but I know I know more stuff than than probably, you know, the average person that just likes his movies. Like I know he had two kids uh, before his daughters. One of them died and one of them is like uh He's got, like, mental challenges, I think. And so he usually, like, I guess stays in a facility for people like that. And, I, I yeah, like, I think Netflix documentaries, they can be done right. And they're interesting when when you get all the information and present it to you in a nice, like, cool way. Right. Um, they vaguely mention uh, the son that, that passed away. But he, did, he does bring it up, especially because... Uh, the kid's a big part of Rocky Five, the movie. He plays his his son in the movie, mm-hmm. so um, it, it kind of shows him there. So he 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 does bring it up and brings up about having to deal with that 
um, out in the limelight and in the public and deal with the passing of his son. But yeah, man, documentary was, was pretty well done. If you're into documentaries and you're into Sly himself, something cool to watch and something cool to see. Um, but actually a movie that was mentioned in Sly, the documentary was Copland, which after seeing the documentary, it, I had never seen Copland before, but they, it, it was kind of like a, not a big part of the documentary, but it had a good portion just because he kind of mentioned how he was going into something different. He was trying to make it more of a serious role. Um, the character in the Copland movie is actually uh, like a heavier set uh, police officer or sheriff. And he's like, it was different, you know, that he was used to being very fit, playing uh, uh, movie characters where he was fit. He was ripped, you know, uh, Rocky Rambo and stuff like that. So that this was definitely a, a different departure. And Copland had a huge cast of great actors in it. Uh, but yeah, from seeing it from Sly, the documentary got me to want to go see Copland. Have you ever seen that one? Uh, no, actually, that's uh, is that more recent or when did that come out? Yeah, no, it's an older movie. But like I mentioned, man, it's got this huge cast of of characters. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, Ray Liotta, um, Robert Patrick. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, uh, Peter Begg, uh, Michael Rappaport, Robert okay. De Niro. Yeah, there's a huge cast of some some great characters. Uh, it's just people that you just recognize. Uh, Tony uh, Siriosi, he's um, uh, from The Sopranos. Uh, a lot of, a lot of Sopranos characters show up on this. Uh, uh, John Vita Megley from The Sopranos as well. Um, yeah, it's just got a huge cast that every time I would see somebody, uh, Frank Vincent from Sopranos, uh, Eddie Flacco, the uh, the the lady, um, Tony's wife, she was in it. So huge cast of characters that every time a new character would show up on the screen, I was just like, wow, that lady was from Sopranos and wow, that lady's from this big movie. Um, so huge cast of great characters. Sadly, the movie's not that great. Um, I, I told my wife, I'm like, after seeing the cast that it was going to have, I was really excited about it. Um, but now I see how, why the Netflix and even uh, Sylvester Stallone kind of mentions that it was one of his like uh, sadder points in his performance because um, he really tried hard for this movie to succeed, uh, but it just didn't come together. And you would think with all these characters that it would be a great movie, especially because I really dig even the the plot of the movie. I think it's a, a good plot point. It's got a good story. There's just something missing in the movie. Uh, maybe pacing, maybe uh, the director maybe going into a different direction. I, I don't really I can't put it in my finger on what would make this movie great. But it's so close, man, because like I mentioned, great cast, great story. Uh, just something about it is missing. But uh, yeah, uh, it, you definitely should watch it just because just because of the cast of characters and seeing Sly in a different role other than being this badass action hero. Well, for sure. I'll have to put on the list. But yeah, man, uh, Copland. Uh, not the best of movies, but definitely something that I think everybody should probably watch it at least um, just so that they could see a different aspect of uh, Sylvester Stallone uh, playing a lead character, but uh, not this super badass unstoppable machine. But yeah, man, uh, a few other things I wanted to talk about, man, is uh, I went on my uh, Best Buy uh, buying um because uh, Thanksgiving just passed, and I went out there and uh, got some Best Buy buying. Or not some Best Buy, but Black Friday buying. And, um, yeah, man, I was trying to take it easy this year. didn't want to spend a, a huge amount of money. Um, I did have a few things that I was kind of eyeing and interesting, but there wasn't a huge amount, or at least for the stuff that I was looking for, uh, a huge amount of savings, I would say. Most of the pricing seemed 
pretty regular uh, nothing that like jumped out to you where you're like regularly it's like 100 bucks and now you're getting it for 20 kind of thing nothing that jumped out like that most of the stuff uh, if it regularly runs for 100 i kind of felt that they only marked it down to like 90 or maybe 80 bucks which just wasn't like a black friday savings for me i don't know if you noticed that or even saw that out there in, in some of the the ads i saw like um i thought it was a meme but i think it was real uh i don't know if it was walmart or, or what store it was where they they took off the black friday uh slip like that right little, and then it was the same price underneath exactly exactly yeah i did see that too i don't know if that's old or if that's recent but yeah i saw that too man yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of how I felt, man. I didn't know if it was um, uh, just with all this inflation and all these higher pricing for everything, you know, paying two, three dollars a carton of eggs. I don't know if it was just that, that, you know, you just have to get used to it, that things aren't going to be on sale that drastic anymore where you'll get, you know, a thousand dollar computer for 300 bucks kind of thing. I think those days are probably gone. Uh, but yeah, the few things that I did buy, uh, again, trying to take it easy, I, I ended up buying uh, Red Dead Redemption Part 1. I know Red Dead Redemption Part 2 is probably uh, the one that got gets people most excited, especially because I did see some great deals for that one. There was uh, some deals where it was like 15 bucks, 20 bucks out there. I think I even saw like a $10 one. And that game is super awesome. I, I've spoken about it before. I played it. I beat it. Um, very cool. Great game. I, I actually have been itching to play it again uh, recently. But they keep flirting with uh, they're going to release a PlayStation 5 patch that will make it better, faster, better, prettier looking and have maybe a few extra features. But man, Rockstar doesn't want to put the time into it, or I don't know what the heck is going on, but they haven't released it. It is kind of better performing on PlayStation 5, but you're in essence just still playing a PlayStation 4 game on your PlayStation 5. So very minor tweaks. So I'm waiting for that PlayStation 5 patch to kind of replay it and get all the accoutrements of you know, the PlayStation 5. But yeah, about the PlayStation 1 version, or the Red, um, Red Dead Redemption Part 1 version on PlayStation 4, and that also has a similar PlayStation 5 up-res, faster sort of thing. There is no PlayStation 5 version of it. Have Have you ever played Red Dead Redemption 1 or Part 2? Uh, no, it is on my list to play. Um, I think Red Dead Redemption 1 came out originally on PS3, right? Right, yeah, original PlayStation 3 game. I do remember you playing it, and I always thought it was really cool, like, kind of like GTA, but in the Wild West. And, like, I always thought, like, damn, that's pretty cool. You got, like, a big map, and you ride your horse, and just, you know, Wild West-type stuff. Um, which, you know, it's not, like, my my niche, but it's, like, it's cool that I wanted to try it. I just haven't gotten around to it. There's a lot of games I got to play still. For sure, for sure. Yeah, no, this is definitely... Uh something a little more unique and it never had the numbers of gta so it never sold that well uh comparatively but it definitely is uh something different especially with like you mentioned the west theme i kind of dig that stuff i like those spaghetti westerns and it def definitely plays like that it plays like the the man with no name movies uh maybe a couple um uh, what the hell was his name? Uh, Andy's favorite guy, uh, John, uh, Wayne. Wayne, John Wayne, <laughs> uh, kind of like that guy. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, 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 it's a great game. I played it back in PlayStation three when it came out and I beat it then. Um, uh, but unfortunately I don't know how many people out there know PlayStation three games are not easily played anymore. Uh, it's kind of like behind this wall that makes them very unplayable on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. There are some ways to do it, but it's uh, through their streaming service, which isn't the best for playing PlayStation 3 games. Fortunately, I still do have my PlayStation 3, and it is one of the only reasons that I keep it hooked up to my TV, even though I haven't turned it on in probably like five years. But yeah, because there's no easy way to play PlayStation 3 games on there, on your PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5. But 
they recently re-released it uh, earlier this year on PlayStation 4, uh, 1080p, 30 frames per second, a little bit up but nothing too dramatic. It's basically just a port of the PlayStation 3 game uh, with the DLC that came out with it. So that was enough for me because I'm like, uh, if I could play it on my PlayStation 5, um, PlayStation 5 does bump up the, the frames to 60. Uh, so if I could play it on my PlayStation 5 without having to dust off the PlayStation 3, probably do like 10 updates uh, because I haven't turned it on in forever, I'm like, it's worth it. And it was in a low price. It was on sale. So uh, definitely something that I'm looking forward to playing. Haven't quite jumped into it just yet because I'm still uh, biting my way through uh, Cyberpunk. I'm almost done with that i kind of feel like i'm maybe like 80 percent through that so probably have some some good details on that uh to come but the only other thing i wanted to bring up that i bought was uh god of war ragnarok now i know you've been into a god of war uh run yourself but yeah ragnarok i haven't played it before ended up picking up for black friday so super excited to see the end of that arc because i did hear it was just a two-part uh arc uh, with the, the Norse portion of God of War. So super excited to play that one. Have you seen any trailers or are you eyeing that one as well, Noel? Uh, so I still have to play the the first installment of this Norse mythology arc. So I still haven't played uh, the original God of War, I guess, the, the first one. And then I'm going to get to Ragnarok once I beat that one. Cool, man, cool. Yeah, definitely a must. Um, I, I think it was free on PlayStation 4 for something, so you might even have it on your library already. The first one, the 2018, I believe, is when that first reboot version came out. But yeah, that one's going to be super good when you play it. It was definitely uh, one of the better, if not uh, best God of Wars uh, to date. We'll have to see how Ragnarok is, but... Uh, with how I am with Cyberpunk, uh, still probably a few weeks from beating that out. And then I don't know which one I'll start next, Red Dead, or maybe I'll uh, knock out God of War since it's more of a, a linear game that I could probably just get through the story and beat the game. Uh, where Red Dead is more of a, uh, also a story, but it's more of an open world where you can kind of go around and, and kind of get into your own shenanigans. So. Maybe uh, God of War will be the next one in the queue, but we'll just have to see. Um, as far as uh, jumping over to you, Noel, uh, it looks like you also did some Black Friday shopping. Fill us in on, on what you were up to. So, yeah, man, um, I've been wanting to get a new TV for like a little over a year. I had the one that I had. It was, it was perfectly fine. It's a good TV, 65-inch, 4K. But I was like, man, there's like newer stuff that's out. The technology has gotten so much better, and... Uh, there's this technology called OLED. It's a <clears throat> organic, I think, uh, light emitting diodes, and so it's it's got this ability to show contrast on a level like unmatched by any other TV. So w- what it means is that when you have a black image or like black background, those pixels literally they will turn off and show like a truer black. So the blacks look inky and all the other colors pop out even more because of that. So it's got more of a saturated, you know, vibrant feel along with darker, inkier blacks for like nighttime scenes. And since I watch a lot of horror movies, there's a lot of scenes in the night and there's a lot of just darker scenes in general. So it's like literally made for people who love horror movies. Um, And this TV I've been looking into it for, yeah, like about this whole year, trying to figure out which one to get. And originally I was going to get a 65-inch to match the one that I had already. But looking at the models and the differences, I ended up settling on a bigger one. It's a 77-inch. And it's OLED as well, but it's the model just underneath. So there's, without going into too much detail, there's the S95. And there's the S90, and I got the S90, but the 77-inch of that one. So uh, there's really not too much differences between the two. It's just the minor brightness differences that are pretty much unnoticeable by 99% of people. So I was like, for a bigger TV that's 
you know, a better price, I'm just going to go with that one. Um, and so that's what I ended up getting. I went to uh, Best Buy and uh, bought that one and got a, you know, got the warranty and all that. Because uh, one thing that OLED is uh, kind of known for, unfortunately, is that it can't, it is prone to burning. Um, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's kind of when you have like a shadow image. So if you're, if you watch like TV and you know how they have the logos on the bottom right, typically. Right, right. So if you watch a lot of TV and you have a, like that logo and it's consistent enough, it might, you know, burn into the the screen where when you change the channel or when you watch something else, you'll still see that logo there. And so I kind of wanted to avoid that. But thankfully, these, these TVs and the way that I use my TV now, I've kind of gotten better about it where I'll have a refreshing background. Um, and I, I don't really watch a lot of TV in terms of like just regular channels like CNN or whatever. Um, so mainly I'm just watching movies or, you know, playing a video game. So the only concern would be like if I play a video game and I keep it on the same screen for a long, long time over like months, then maybe it'll cause an issue. But they've gotten really good where they do uh, cycling and they do certain things to prevent all that. Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think like you said, like the gaming, uh, the HUDs sometimes like uh, the health or icons on the HUD. Sometimes if you're playing it and leave it paused for like a couple hours while you go take a shower or whatever, those those things could start burning into your screen. Right. And it would take a long time for that to happen. But that's exactly why I got the warranty, which was pricey as well. But, you know, it's it's worth it ultimately because they do cover that. And so, yeah, dude, uh, my review of it is I would say like a nine point five out of ten. Holy um, moly! So, uh, so how's the the feel of a sixty to a seventy inch? Do you notice that it's considerably bigger? Yes and no. So the sixty five is already a big TV, and seventy seven is just a little bit more. The only way I could really because t- I have it mounted, that's the difference between the one that I had originally and this one. The sixty five I had on a TV stand with its you know the legs attached. This one I wanted to do something different. I wanted to mount it. Especially because it's more of an expensive TV, and sometimes like my nephew will come over, and I don't want him to like start touching it, the screen, because he does that a lot. He thinks like the TVs are touch screen, just like his tablet, you know. So he's touched my other TV many times, and I tell him not to. He just does it anyway. So I'm like, I don't want that to happen with this one. This one's worth too much money for me to like let anybody touch it, the screen. So I, I mounted it, and because it's mounted, it's kind of hard to tell the difference. But looking at my TV stand, if I were to set it up on there, it wouldn't even fit on the TV stand. So it is, you know, a little bit bigger. Um, oh, okay. But really, the difference wasn't so much on the, the size of it. The difference was on the saturation, the the quality of the image, the ability to upscale, um, and the, the contrast ratio. The contrast ratio is near infinite. So most TVs, you know, it'll tell you like a contrast ratio, like whatever it is, like a million to one or a thousand to one or whatever it is, right? Like I honestly don't know what the the other TV was, the 65, but this one is near infinite um, because of the way the pixels work and the way that they turn off or activate depending on the scene. Right. And uh, so I've been watching horror movies. I've been watching stuff like that. And man, it pops, dude, like the saturation is so awesome now i've only had this you know i think this is my second week with it um and i haven't had a chance to really tinker around with it too much Uh, actually no this is my first official week with it i got it around like around thanksgiving um so yeah this is like my first official week with it i still haven't gotten a chance to play a lot of games uh which is why you know i'm gonna eventually get around to god of war but I did get a chance to test out like one game and you know, it looks pretty good, man. Even older games. So my, my cousin is Mel, he's like he was kind of filling me in on, on what to do, what kind of TVs are out there. And so when he knew I was gonna get this, you know, he offered his help to help set it up because there are certain settings that you might need to do for the PS five, stuff like that. Right. That, you know, help optimize it. And uh one of the games, surprisingly, that looked really amazing are older ones. Uh, like especially the pixel ones, um, so like like the ones uh, that I mean are 
like the Super Nintendo ones, Super Nintendo games, because they're literal like sprites and pixels, they look so sharp because like every pixel is like well defined. And so I was really surprised to see it, but I, I think I put on uh, Super Mario. Um, it, it, just about every emulator that I had, I, I tried it out, and uh, man, it looks great. I'm, I'm going to have to replay some of these older games on there. And, you know, obviously the newer stuff's going to look even just as good, if not better. So right. it was surprising to see that these older games look actually really good and vibrant. Well, that's cool, man. I, I know when, when I usually get a new TV, I haven't gotten one in uh, probably 10 or so years. But, yeah, man, it's super exciting to see new stuff on it. Um, I remember when I got this one, I was really blown away by playing uh, Blu-ray movies, like older ones, like you said, like um, uh, like The Man With No Name or watching some like old Elvis movies in Blu-ray and just seeing how crisp the lines are, how vibrant the colors are on there. Um, but I totally get what you're saying with your newer TV. I've noticed that my TV is starting to age where I don't get those black blacks. I get like a like a, a watered down black where you can kind of see it's gray. And um, when I purchased my TV, I remember HDR was barely something new uh, coming out. So there was TVs that had like supposedly true HDR, which were a premium price. And there were some that have like simulated where they could, you know, make it where like you have HDR. And that's the one I bought uh, because it was just so much more for the real HDR. And I kind of regret it just because I do keep TVs for a long time. I should have just paid a little bit of extra. Uh, but yeah, you could start noticing that the blacks are not that black. Um, and you kind of get that like watered down look to try to show you like those dark movies. But yeah, man, that's super exciting. I, I, I can't wait to maybe buy a new TV, but this one is still rocking, man. Samsung TVs, they if if you get lucky, man, they last you a good time. Oh, that is for sure, dude. Um, I think I'm going to be Samsung for life, man, in terms of the TVs that I get. Uh, I've had, you know, a number of TVs throughout the years, but the ones that I personally bought, it was uh, Toshiba, Vizio, and then the, the most two recent, the one I have now, Samsung, and the 65, also a Samsung, and they are great, dude. No, good. What did you do with your old one? You're, you're selling that one or? Uh, actually, so I put it in uh, the living room. I'm going to see if I can mount at that as well. And the one that I had already in there was a 40-inch Vizio that I had before that one. Okay. And uh, the Vizio was just a 1080p 40-inch. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of there for, you know, whenever anybody stops by, watch YouTube or whatever, something like that. But with the 65-inch, I'm like, I don't really know you know, who I would sell it to who and how do I transport it and, and all that. So I'm just like, let me just put it in the living room and replace the the 40-inch Vizio. Okay, cool, man, cool. Yeah, yeah, man, we might have to talk offline, man. Maybe I have some uh, propositions for you to get a TV over here to my house. But Oh, snap, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, man, getting a new TV, to me, I, I, I've always enjoyed it. Um, this one, like I mentioned, has turned out very well for me. And even the one before that, um, this TV, uh, or no, it was the previous TV, was one of those first ones with uh, like the 60 frame uh, refresh rate. And I remember watching like just TV shows and it looked like they were on super speed motion because everything looked clean and crisp and everything was really moving fast. So it's, it's definitely exciting to see the new text that they come out with uh on tvs oh 100 percent, man there uh i remember the sony you had uh and i believe it i don't know if it was 1080p but do you the the sony tv you had right. a while back i remember it had like this motion ability that yeah like it had like a they call it a soap opera effect uh-huh right yeah it, it had that it had like that demo where you can click the button and you could see side to side where half the picture was the old way and then half the picture was using the tech and you could just notice it right away. Uh, the motion sports games looked awesome on it. It's so much now that it's, it's more common on TV. So it's not as special anymore, but, uh, 
yeah, I, I remember seeing that new tech and I was just like, man, this is this is awesome. This is definitely cool. Yeah, no, where it really shines, I found, is watching like animated stuff uh, okay. because sometimes animated stuff is a little bit slower. Um, and I mean, typically most movies are 24 frames and that's how the director wants it. But when you put it to 60, it has just like a smoothness to it. Uh, so that, I think this is what... So the TV is like set for 60, but it's capable of, uh, I think, up to 144. Okay. And yeah, I played Resident Evil 2. I tested it out. I, I put it at 1080p because my video card isn't that great. So I, I can't run it at 4K. But it was running at 120 hertz. And it was uh, it's pretty smooth. It was interesting to see. Yeah, that's definitely something I'm looking forward to getting on my next TV is a 144, just because a lot of games come out with that option so that you can get um, ray tracing as well as having um, a good resolution of 144, which seems to be the compromise between 1080p and 4K. So definitely something I'm looking forward to in my next TV. What I would say uh, to look out for is that PS5, for example, only has a select number of games that support that refresh rate, and it, it's not as many as you would think. It's like a, a handful, well, a little more than a handful, but it's not like a long list by any means. Uh, I was looking at it because I was excited. I was like, man, I'm going to be able to play PS5 at 120, and his mom's like, I don't think you, you're going to play a lot of your games, you know. There's a few that you can, but not all of them are. Yeah, I think it's starting to become more of a standard. Uh, definitely 60 frames per second because uh, there's still games, like I mentioned, for Red Dead, it's, it's dirty natively on PlayStation 4. Uh, so more games nowadays are coming out with 60 as a baseline. And then 120 is starting to become like that premium, um, definitely refresh rate. So... Yeah, you're, you're, you're probably right. You're not going to play, especially, or at least on PlayStation and Xbox, you're not going to see a lot of 120. But uh, I think it's slowly moving into that direction. So hopefully in the next uh, year or so, 120 is going to be a lot more common. Yeah, and I do recommend uh, for your next TV and OLED, man, that they are, they are worth it. And uh, one of the things, like I was mentioning earlier, that I love about this new TV is it up upreses and upscales pretty well for older stuff. Not so much for DVDs. I've tested out on DVDs, and they look so-so. Um, but the Blu-rays definitely pop. And I actually watched uh, Drunken Master 1. Uh, have you ever seen that one with Jackie Chan? Yeah, with Jackie Chan. I've never seen it, but I know he was super young, wasn't he, when he did that one? Yeah, so that was in the 70s, uh, I believe late 70s, and uh, it was the first of two movies he made. Uh, Drunken Master 2 is the more popular one, but uh, Drunken Master 1 is like, you know, the origin story of him. And so for a movie in the 70s, man, this looks amazing, dude. Uh, I, I watched it yesterday, and it was it was cool to see it again. Um, I do have to say, though, man... <laughs> It's kind of funny watching these older kung fu movies because, like, it's just, you know, having watched so much UFC and knowing more about mixed martial arts, I'm just like, man, these, these kung fu movies are, like, kind of comical in a way because it's like play fighting. Like, the moves that they do and the stances and the over-exaggerated movements and I'm like, this wouldn't work, not in real life, not at all. Like, this is... Once you know about fighting, once you know more about like what it is to fight and how how to fight technique wise, this is like just make believe shit. Like it's 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 like they're both in on a game and they're just playing around like play fighting. So it, it was funny to see it, uh, and then all the sound effects they do uh, every time they punch, but it hits air. You hear like this like whooshing sound, like like they're throwing it a hundred right. miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You hear all these clapping sounds because, like, they're constantly touching their hands against each other, like clapping. Like, it's like a smacking each other kind of thing, but it's like a clapping sound. Right. It, it, it was just really funny, dude. I was like, man, it's a, this is a bygone era. Like, you won't see stuff like this anymore, but um, it, it's still cool. You know, it's, it's like uh, nostalgia, and I remember seeing it a long time ago. So 
Uh, I got it recently. There was a, it's a Blu-ray made from a 4K remaster. So the quality really popped, man, and the colors popped. And it, it was just really cool to see. That Thankfully, they had it in the original Cantonese language that it was recorded in, uh, of course, with the English subtitles. And, uh, yeah, I would say it's definitely worth watching if you like uh, kung fu movies. Nice, nice. Yeah, man. Every now and then I do get an urge to watch one of the old ones. Um, the last old one that I saw like that, uh, what was it called? Nine Deadly Sins or something like that? I forget what it's called. Uh, you probably have seen it. I don't know if you recall it, but it was, it's where the, this, uh, ma- just like almost every other kung fu movie, there's a clan and they get attacked. Their master gets uh, burnt alive. And then so the few straggling survivors, they join up with like this um, uh, band of like reject guys that were just kind of like kung fuing on the side somewhere. And then they train up and then they go fight like these nine grandmasters. And each one has like an element uh, like they like, you know, perfected like one's fire, one's water. The other one's like gold and the other one's earth or whatever. And it's like. Like these, it's really cool, man. I remember watching it when I was a kid and I ran across the uh, Blu-ray for it. So I bought it and I was just like, yes, man, this is some cool stuff. That kind of reminds me uh, of Chinese Super Ninja. You know, I think that's the renamed version of it. But I, I, because I've seen that. I've seen that one and it's the same movie, but I think it's dubbed or named depending on the territory. uh, Super Chinese Ninjas or whatever. And then also nine deadly sins or, or i forget what it's called or six deadly sins something like that but yeah it's that that movie yeah for sure okay yeah that's a good one man i had to get that blu-ray dude that's uh that's a classic for sure yeah but, it's uh, like you said like th- those those colors pop it's definitely cheesy uh but yeah it reminds me when i was a kid just watching uh like uh channel uh 66 uh and just watching these old kung fu movies uh on like sunday mornings yeah dude definitely like it, it's and, and like i said with the oled um watching old stuff it's it's like watching it for the first time but in a in a much clearer quality and uh a lot of people were saying that you know when you get one of these tvs it's going to make you want to watch everything you've ever seen again Right, because it just looks that much better, and I, I agree. Like I have a library of a lot of stuff, and I'm like, it's it's gonna be an ordeal to, to rewatch everything. But uh, you know, little by little, I, I, at the same time, I, I can't watch too much stuff because it's, you know, life is short. We got to do a lot with it. Uh, I think that's you know, for for me personally, that's the way I look at it. Like. Life is short. I got to do more than just, you know, sit down and watch TV, but definitely going to take advantage of this while I have it. And uh, like I said, uh, or like you were saying, like you keep your TVs 10 years. So I think this one's going to be at least 10, if not more. You know, I don't see myself buying another TV for a very long time. If I ever were to get something new and this is like way down the line. I would probably get like a projector with like a hundred or you know one hundred and fifty inch projector screen. Once I have like the space for something like that, like a theater room, right? But right. This is way more than enough, more than I expected. And um, you know, another thing I've been rewatching. I was actually binging it yesterday. You know, I was I was feeling under the weather this weekend, and so yesterday I'm just like, let me just put something on that's like plays in the background that I could just watch here and there and then take a nap while I'm like laying down on this reclining chair. And I put on Supernatural, uh, the CW show. And uh, I know, I remember you watched it, right? Supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. I did watch, I, I gotta say like at least the first five or so seasons. I know this thing went on forever, so I didn't catch this super ending, but I watched it up to where like um, Dean became Kane and around that area, and then that's when I kind of fell off of it. <laughs> this, that show, that show goes all over the place, man. That's this show is. <laughs> so I've seen all the the whole thing, right? Right. 15, 15 whole seasons. This went three hundred and like moly. twenty plus episodes. It's like The Simpsons. It never ends, man. It just keeps going. And exactly, man. And because of that, they had to do like 
just about everything like every everything is you know accounted for you, you had the Cain and Abel story yeah, they, they even had God in there they had Lucifer they, they had like everybody in history <laughs> there, dude. Right. And, uh, but yeah like the first probably three to four seasons are probably the best um there's a couple other good seasons too but those are like probably the 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 most that were like true to like horror and were less about like kind of comedy in in a sense and uh so anyway i've been rewatching it kind of binged it yesterday nodding in and out you know taking a nap and and you know but anyway when i was awake watching it uh it looks so good man and there's a lot of obviously dark night scenes and it popped you know and this is like uh this is like a compressed uh file that i have so i do have the blu-rays i plan to bust them out and put them in uh so that way i could just see the differences i'll play them side by side and and see how much better the blu-rays are uncompressed right yeah there's just something about watching old stuff like that i know that you know when i do feel ill or i'm not feeling really up to it and i just want to kind of lay back and maybe doze off and not to be too worried because i don't know if you're like me but if it's something really interesting and i really want to watch it i can't even lay down because i don't even want the chance of me falling asleep if it's something really interesting and not that i'm not interested in uh like star trek and stuff like that because those are like my my uh my viewing pleasures stuff that i really enjoy every time but like if i'm not feeling well and i know i might doze off i'll put on some some you know next generation and i'll just leave it in the background and even if I close my eyes, I could still see the scene because I, I've seen it so many times <laughs> yeah. that I'll doze off. I'll wake back up and I'll be like, yes, this is that part. And then I'll doze back off and then I'll wake back up and I'll be like, yes, this is that scene. And yeah, man, there's just something about that. Uh, just watching it, uh, old stuff that you really care for and not even really needing to see it in its entirety. And you already know what's going on. A hundred percent. Did I relate to that? You know, there's a lot of shows for me that that does that. Um, Seinfeld is one of those. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Supernatural, Star Star Trek, Next Generation, also, um, and a, a few other shows. Yeah, like right. it's just it could be anywhere in the scene in in the episode, and I'll know like what's gonna happen. So it doesn't matter if I you know doze off. I'll wake up and be like, oh, I know what's gonna happen here. Right. No, for sure, man. No, Supernaturals is one of those that I did like uh, and I still like it. Uh, I know that they probably jumped the shark tank uh, at the end, but it's one of those that I wouldn't mind rewatching. Another one that just recently crossed my path that I was thinking about starting up again was The Flash. And that kind of falls into that a little bit, too. Uh, The Flash, uh, Daredevil, Daredevil. I guess uh, just to let you know, I got Disney Plus for a couple months, and I like, man, I, I should really start watching Daredevil, The Flash, and a few other ones. And I was just like, man, it'd be really cool to see these superhero uh, TV shows. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I do recommend uh, Daredevil and um, Punisher. The Punisher, oh yeah. Those go hand in hand um, because Punisher is kind of introduced in Daredevil and then he gets his own standalone show. Um, and I think they're going to bring back Daredevil as well, possibly in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of rumors and stuff. And uh, so, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, where, where that goes. And um, I, I would hold off on Flash just because the first few seasons were good, but I think it finished off on the eighth season. But I actually quit, I think, at the end of season six. And, you know, initially it was a good show. But towards the later seasons, probably like four to five. And then six was like just that. It was like with the the straw that broke the camel's back. I was just like, I was done with it. Uh, I, th- I think it was the end of season six where I'm like, you know what, man? I've wasted enough time. It, it was like a chore to get through the season. And I, I had to watch the episode just be like, this is not the show that it started off as. And I could tell the writing was becoming more woke and things were being introduced for the purposes of diversity and not the purposes of telling a good story. And, you know, it, it is what it is. I don't mind diversity, of course, but right. 
as long as it suits the story and as long as it doesn't interfere with the story, as long as it's not like, hey, look, look at this diverse cast. It's not about that. It's about Flash. And Flash is should always be the forefront of the show. And later on, it becomes where he's kind of like, he's just too much of a goody two-shoes. And he tries to convince people to like not be villains. It's like, that's not... That's not what a superhero is going to do in the comics, dude. Like, he's not going to be like, hey, you should not fucking rob people. Oh, okay. All right. Then that's it. It's like, <laughs> there's got to be more to it, man. The stories they were telling were just terrible. And that's, you know, that's all I can really say. Uh, it's a shame that it went that way. But they, I think they finished after eight seasons. And the show, like, just, I don't know if it got canceled or just they decided not to go with it anymore. But, uh, I mean, that that is par for... That is par for CW and, and, and DC in general, man. Yeah, for sure, man. No, I, I hear you 100%. But, uh, yeah, going back to Marvel, dude, I, I think they know what they're doing uh, in terms of TV shows. Uh, but in terms of the newest Marvel movies, not so much, man. And uh, it actually leads to our article of the week. So we got here an article from Forbes. Uh, Disney CEO says the Marvels failed because there wasn't an executive supervision on set. This is from Paul Tassie. And uh, essentially, I mean, it just goes into detail about how Bye Biger, he, he made headlines for multiple reasons. Uh, some of it to do with uh, stopping ads on Twitter. But one of them, uh, the reasons was because he was saying how, you know, the box office hit that the Marvels had. Um, I actually not hit the disaster that they had par- partially was due because the quality wasn't there and he relates it to a lack of supervision on set. Now I haven't personally seen this movie, so I can't really comment too much on how good or bad of this movie it was, but I have seen some of the more recent movies of the Marvel franchise after Endgame, And I got to say the quality is definitely diminished. Uh, it's definitely become more about quantity and less about quality and you know the the budget of these movies are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and they're not making their money back you know when you take into account you know marketing budget and all of that they're not making their money back and so it's interesting to see how marvel the marvels actually has been one of the lowest like well lowest received movies in recent times so have uh have you seen this one no, no, and I, I have no plans to see it. Um, I think it's kind of a, a little bit of what, like you mentioned with The Flash, it almost seems, uh, and they even mention it in this article, um, as far as it's more about the the, um, the message than it being entertaining and where they're pushing their agenda or like this hidden, you know, which I – to me, it's perfectly fine. This this movie actually is is not as bad as other things that are established. Um, so if they want to create a superhero team where it's just women, um, that's perfectly fine for a non-established or maybe non-mainstream group. So to me, I think stuff like this is perfectly fine. But it just kind of shows you that the audience is not hungry for this. Now, I... It, the article also does make mention that maybe it's fatigue as far as uh, superhero movies, but I, I'm not really sure about that. I mean, I, I just happened to Google uh, uh, 2023 superhero movies, and here's a, a few that came up. Uh, Blue Beetle came out. That's a DC movie. 78 on Rotten Tomatoes, so not too bad. Uh, above average for sure, maybe not great. Uh Across the Spider-Verse, the Spider-Man movie, 95. So doesn't look like there's fatigue there. Uh, another one, Shazam, The Fury of the Gods. This one kind of did not as great, 49. So definitely below average there. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumverse, another low one, 46. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, 82. So that one did well. Uh, so I don't see any fatigue there. Uh, 65 with a uh, guy from Star Wars, uh, 34%. So 
This one didn't do too great, but new property maybe issue. Not really sure what the problem was there. Uh, and a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Maybe not a superhero movie, but definitely maybe in that realm. 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that one definitely did well. So I, I'm not really sure if um, there's superhero fatigue the way the article makes mention. Because there's definitely some good movies in there. Now, they were also kind of projecting that um, Aquaman wasn't going to do too well. And to be honest, I, I maybe have to agree. I'm not super excited for the new Aquaman movie to come out. So maybe it is a little bit of fatigue. But to me, I kind of read this movie as being one of those uh, women are super powered, which is totally fine, whatever. But that's just not the stuff that I dig. So I'm not. I'm, I wasn't planning to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. Um, this isn't my cup of tea and the stuff that I really want to watch. You know, I agree, man. Um, I didn't watch Captain Marvel. I didn't really have an interest in Captain Marvel. Uh, and this movie, this I guess the sequel, if you want to call it that, uh, The Marvels, I'm not really interested in it. And like I said, this new phase of movies that came out, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse, didn't like it i feel like they kind of made dr strange like the secondary character in his own right. movie and uh so you know when it becomes more about the message and diversity than it becomes about making a good entertaining movie that that's when you know that's when it starts to do bad that's when it starts to not capture people's attention because people don't go to the movies to want to see a message they're not like, oh, this is a message about this. Let me go watch that. They're, they want to go and be entertained. That's literally the whole reason of a movie is to be there and be entertained. Um, if we wanted a, a message, we would listen to like a speech or something. But so that's part of the reason uh, Bob Iger said that this movie didn't do well. He's like, it needs to be more about entertainment and less about the message. And it does go also into detail about how one of the best things they've done is Star Wars related. Uh, one of the shows that they came out with called Andor actually was one of the best movies or best show that they've done um, in recent time. And, you know, I, I have to agree on that one. But just to kind of wrap up the article, I think overall there isn't necessarily fatigue with superhero movies. It's that when it's not done for the purposes of entertainment and it's done more to check boxes and to appease certain uh certain smaller groups of the audience that's when you start to run the risk of having like a box office bomb and that's when you run the risk of just having negative reception and wasting your time and losing tons and tons of money yeah, it, I, I think it's definitely a bigger risk now that budgets are ballooning uh, ridiculously. I mean, even in the video game sphere. So it's something that they're going to have to keep an eye out. Uh, but I kind of agree with you. Uh, like I mentioned, I got Disney now. So I'm kind of excited to see uh, Andor. I'm excited to see um, uh, what's the other one that just came out? Uh, Obi-Wan. So I'm kind of interested in seeing that. So Definitely some cool stuff out there, uh, but I agree. I don't know. It might be a, a little bit of each. I mean, it's not definitely probably one thing is not to blame. It might be superhero fatigue. There is definitely a lot of superhero movies. It's becoming the fad. Uh, we just talked about a few that I watched recently. So it, it, it definitely is something uh, that's out there. There's a lot of different flavors, a lot of different ones, and not all of them are going to hit. Some do have to fall and not be great uh but yeah man i think if it fits the narrative and that is the point of the movie like marvels it's totally fine but it's just not something that i'm interested in if it's something where uh the story an established storyline of uh you know uh, popeye he's a, a white sailor and now he's played by a latino mexican it's just like well that's not popeye that's somebody else make that movie and put it out there just like marvels and it's fine put it out there and if it does well it does well and if it doesn't it then it wasn't a strong movie so yeah I, i'm not interested in seeing this movie 
uh, wasn't interested in the first Mar uh, Captain Marvel as well. Uh, character doesn't seem that interesting to me, but it's funny, man. I I, I kind of play it up a little bit for my wife, but um, anytime there's a commercial about uh, empowered women, I just go like, oh, here we go, another superhero woman. And so I kind of egg it on with her to kind of get a, uh, a joke out of her. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, I mean, to me, it's like perfectly fine. Uh, women can be strong women. That's definitely a plus. Uh, diversity, that's definitely a plus uh, to bring more of the variety out there. I mean, that's what Americana is, is to have a variety and be diverse and have a bunch of different flavors in there. But uh, not everything is going to appeal to everybody. So while these budgets get bigger and bigger, unfortunately, there's going to be bigger and bigger failures. You know, I agree, man. And this might be a little bit of a hot take. I do agree that, you know, there's a lot of strong women and a lot of strong female characters in movies. And some of them superheroes. Uh, I, I actually liked the first Wonder Woman. I thought that was a good movie. Uh, I didn't watch the second one. I actually heard it was not so good um that being said i think uh part of it is that most throughout human history uh -huh. women women are seen as more nurturers and less warriors and men are obviously seen more as warriors and less nurturers there's just a certain order to the way things are and how we expect things to be and we don't expect men to be feminine and we don't expect women to be masculine. So when you start mixing the two, it can kind of muddy the waters and people are turned off by it. So I, I feel like maybe that's partly of the reason why people aren't so gung-ho about watching some of these movies that have um, sometimes obscured the way a woman will be strong in a movie. Like it, It's like overcompensating because like, like Ripley and Alien was a very strong female character. Right. Or or Sarah Connor in Terminator 2, very strong female character. For sure. Like like an ass like she could kick ass. You could tell she could use a gun, very qualified. But I'm not gonna expect her to like judo toss like a, a two hundred and fifty pound man and like manhandle him. I'm not gonna expect that at all. And if that happens, I'm gonna be like thrown out of the the realism of it. I'm not gonna be vibing that as much. But she definitely could hold her own. And she has, like, skills with guns and all that. So she's a strong female character with limitations. And she gets hurt in the movie, and it shows, like, realism in the movie. So I think some of these superhero movies, it gets obscured, and it gets, like, overcompensated. They make them too strong. And it, it may be too masculine at times and too much of, like, throwing it in your face. Like, I'm powerful. I'm female power, you know? They could be powerful without having to state it like in your face. So, well, we'll see, man, how they compensate and how they proceed in the the future. I I really don't think it's fatigue, man, because I've been seeing rumors about future movies in the MCU universe, and I'm excited for a bunch of them. So, well, we will see uh, how it goes. No, for sure, for sure, we'll see how how the future goes with a lot of these movies. I um. I, I agree with you, man. I, I I I think it's like exciting to see some of these new ventures, and by all means, if there's a, a leading character that's a female, I I don't think that's the problem. I just think that certain stories are just going to hit, and certain are not. So we'll just have to see what the future comes with. But yeah, this this movie doesn't look like it's doing well. It doesn't look like it, it hit the audience the way it should be should have. But uh, We'll just have to see. But I think that's it for us today, man. I'd uh, like to thank you all for, for listening. Uh, remember, you can follow Freeform Radio on Twitter at Freeform Network. Send in those questions and suggestions, ffnquestions at gmail.com. Also visit our webpage, freeformnetwork.podbean.com. There you're going to see all of our past episodes, 200 plus, man. It's just like episodes on top of episodes. So come on over there, take a listen, see some of our old ones. Hit that like and subscribe button. We really appreciate it. Even our YouTube page, uh, Andy was mentioning that our numbers are going up, our subscriptions are going up. So we, de we definitely appreciate that. And uh, we appreciate it for all our loyal listeners. 
spread it around. Share that episode. Uh, get a couple more subscribers. We really appreciate it, man. But for Free From Radio, we got Noel. Yes, uh, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate you. And I'm Daniel. Thank you, Noel, for for showing up. And I know you weren't feeling on the weather. And Andy is uh, half uh, dead or half alive, whichever you want to see. But hopefully we'll have him back on the next one. We'd like to thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one. Dad.